Well, God is good. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Appreciate our veterans. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. I, uh, years ago, I don't I remember now, it's been several years back, but had had a run-in with somebody that was trying to badmouth our veterans. And I'm, I'm you know, I didn't serve uh, in the military. Uh, I served the public, but I didn't serve in the military. And um, they had, I don't know, I don't even know what their beef was, but they, you know, here they are having liberty and freedom to say what they want to say. Amen. Why do you think you have that freedom? Amen. So, yeah, you're, uh, you're sitting here, you know, bad-mouthing a, a group of people who have made sure that you've been able to maintain your liberties and freedoms here, praise God. So it's, it's worthy of giving them thanks for what they've done, amen, regardless of your opinions. Come on, somebody. So I, once again, give thanks to our veterans, amen. Give the Lord a praise one more time, if you will. Praise the Lord. God is good. We have, um, over the last, boy, it's probably been a couple months now, we've been working on some things about, you know, operating out of the, you know, our abundant life and the life of God. And, and so um, I'm going to, again, look at a, a key verse, and then we're going to kind of spin into what we have for you today. Uh, I got some ground to cover today, so I'm going to try my best to stay as close to the pulpit as I can today. That may be a miracle if it happens, but, but anyway, um, uh, John 10 and 10, Jesus, of course, talking, he says, a thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's, that's what the enemy does, all right? But I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, praise God, amen. So Jesus is, you know, he's trying to get abundant life to you, right? Come on, there's the enemy trying to take it, but he's trying to give it to you, praise God. The word life, of course, the Greek word zoe, Z-O-A, uh, zoe, and it just it means absolute life or pure life. It, re it refers to the absence of death, the curse, darkness. Uh, so when you're talking about absolute life, it's, it's absent of all that stuff that the enemy is trying to somehow infiltrate or somehow, you know, uh, you know pull you towards or whatever. Uh, so uh, in him, there's a thing called life or Zoe life. And he says, and not only that, but have it more abundantly, praise God. Uh, let's look at a couple other translations real quick. Uh, this is the um, message translation down here on the bottom. starts verse 10. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy, I came so they can have, here we go, real and eternal life, okay? Real, everybody say real. real. You want real life? That's real life. Come on, right? And eternal life, all right? And again, eternal life, Jesus defines as knowing the only true God and the one in whom he sent, okay? Jesus Christ, amen. So eternal life began when you met Jesus, Amen. Now, the reason I have to say that is because a lot of folks uh, put eternal life off someday in the sweet by and by. When they get to heaven, I'm going to start experiencing a thing called eternal life. He says, no, you start experiencing it when you make him Lord of your life. That's when it starts. Now, a lot of people are unaware of that. 
They, they get saved and they go on, they just live their life no different than what the world does and just, you know, basically feel like they've got fire insurance, you know. I don't have to go to hell now. Someday I get to go to heaven. And that is a good thing. And don't get me wrong, no matter how good you can get it down here, I guarantee you it's probably even going to be 100 times better up there. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. We get that. We understand that. But a lot of folks, and I'm talking about church folk, come on now, have lost the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the understanding that God wants you to experience life abundant right here. Amen. The real and eternal life, more and better life, he goes on to say, than they ever dreamed of, praise God. In the Amplified Translation, it says this, a thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Praise God. Now, that's what we want, to the full, amen, till it overflows. Can I hear a big amen? Okay, so we've been, uh, you know, talking a lot about different things. What, what uh, you know, what, you know what, what opens the door for us to walk in abundant life? And what kind of things shuts that door? What kind of things, you know, keep us flowing in that life that we're called to? And what kind of things somehow, you know, uh, eliminate it or somehow uh, separate us from it? You know, there's all kinds of things that we've been talking about over the last two months. And uh, last week, began to talk about being led, if you kind of look more in this, in this text here in John 10, uh, we, we brought out last week about a key to abundant life is hearing the voice of God. Amen. If you're going to, uh, he says, his sheep, what? They know his voice, they hear his voice, they follow his voice, and that's the key to it. That's a, that's a key, I should say, to abundant life. The more you're hearing God, the more you're discerning between him and another, uh, the word says of a voice of a stranger, we won't follow. In other words, so we discern between his voice and some other voice. The more that you discern his voice, the more that you hear his voice, the more that you follow his voice, right? Part of it isn't just, you know, uh, just having an ability or willing or ability to hear God, but part, you got to also have a willingness to follow it. There's a lot of people, and that's kind of what we focused on last week. There's a lot of different things that go on in our life that we just kind of, you know, kind of negate what God's trying to say. We kind of, you know, turn the other way for whatever reasons, okay? And we touched on several of those things last week. And so today I'm going to talk some more about following uh, God, but we're going to talk about the Spirit of God. Amen. What's the purpose, you know, the Spirit of God? Well, the word abundant, let's just... One, I'm just going to kind of come at it from this angle. The word abundant, uh, you know, it brings out, a, 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 you know, talks about, of course, a, above and beyond, super abundant. It also means superior in quality, but it also brings out this word. This word abundant life brings out it's an advantage or the advantage. So abundant life is about giving you the advantage. Still with me? God is trying to give you the advantage. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, amen, it puts you in a whole nother kingdom. It puts you in a whole nother family, praise God. And according to this, you ought to now have the advantage. You still have to function here on, on planet Earth, but He's given you the advantage. Are you hearing me? It's nice to have the advantage. Come on, somebody. You know, depending on what we're talking about. 
Okay, we're talking about life. We're talking about uh, family. We're talking about uh, you know work. We're talking about sports. I don't care what we. It's, it's something about it when when everything's working your way and it's giving you the advantage. Praise God. That just that just makes things better. Amen. Are you still with me? Now, uh, John and six. Let's uh, let's look at something here. John six. And verse 33, or 63, pardon me, verse 63, Jesus talking, he says, It is the Spirit who gives life. Amen. Quickens, that word, some translation even, even says that, quickeneth, okay, or to make alive. It speaks of things like vitality or, or uh, vitalize, okay, so bring, uh, bring life, okay. It's the Spirit that gives life. And he goes on to say that the flesh or the natural, that, that, that carnalness, okay, uh, that, that flesh, human nature stuff, it doesn't really profit much. But he says the, the spirit gives life, the flesh profits nothing. And he goes on to say the words that I speak to you are spirit, amen, and they are life. So we're talking about this life. If, if we're going to talk about abundant life, which that word there is, the same word, Zoe life, if we're going to talk about Tapping life, that means we're going to have to connect with his words. Come on, somebody. Hear him. And he says that it's, it's a work of the Spirit. There's a, it's a spirit thing. I know there's more being said here, but, but it's a spirit thing. It's a spirit that gives life. It's no different than what he said in John 10. I've come to give you life. The enemy's trying to take it. I'm trying to give it. Amen. I'm trying to give you the advantage. He says the flesh doesn't profit anything. You think about that word. The flesh don't profit nothing. Okay, so doesn't profit. Doesn't give you the advantage. Doesn't, uh, what's that word there? Uh, I might have put it here in my notes here. Uh, it's the word advantage here. No, it's the word um, benefit, profit, or advantage. Okay, that's what that word profits nothing. So it doesn't give you the advantage. Doesn't give you the benefit. All right? Whereas the spirit obviously does. The word advantage means expedient. Amen. It's better or more profitable for you. Beneficial is another word. So he's trying to tell you the flesh isn't what's going to give you, amen, uh, you know, the advantage. It's going to be the spirit. So if we're going to talk about living the life that we're called to, if we're going to live in a life that, that this abundant life that we have been given the advantage, then we're going to somehow have to stay connected to the spirit of God. Now, I think I'm talking to Holy Ghost folk here today. So if you're not going to stay connected to the Spirit, all right, there's a good chance you're just going to stay connected to the flesh, and you ain't going to have any kind of, you know, any kind of benefit. Really, it profits nothing, it says here. But the Spirit is what brings profit or bring, brings the advantage. Amen. Now, one of the definitions, of course, the Spirit is, is the breath. Okay, so, you know, we're talking about letting God breathe into you. That's why he says, my words are the words that I speak to your spirit. In other words, if you let me breathe into you, you're more apt to live this thing with an advantage. Sound right? Now, today I want to talk about this thing uh, of the Spirit of God. Talk about the Holy Spirit today, if you're okay with that. I mean, it wouldn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, but anyway, John 16, please. Let's look at this. Something that Jesus said, John 16, hallelujah. He says this in verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Well, you wouldn't think he'd tell you a lie, right? I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage 
that I go away. For if I do not go away, this helper, all right, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter, depending on your translation, amen, the Holy Spirit's who he's talking about, amen. The, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. All right. Now, at this time, Jesus is still functioning in ministry here on planet Earth. He, of course, operate with the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, in the sense of where uh, you and me, uh, you know, operate under uh, or within, I should say, um, hasn't yet come. And so he's telling his disciples, it's better that I go on to be with the Father and I can then send you some help. Now, the disciples at the time didn't understand it. They didn't totally get it. Um, they're thinking, you know, what do you mean? It's, how can that be better that you're not here? I mean, all they can think about is, you know, when you're here, we see miracles. We see signs and wonders, uh, the works that you do, and, and, you know, feeding thousands with a few fish and a few loaves and, and, and seeing devils flee and, and seeing the sea be calmed and the wind cease and all this stuff. How, how can you say you going is going to be advantageous to us? How can you say you going is going to be beneficial to us? How can you say you going is somehow going to give us the advantage? See, they're thinking that our advantage is you being next to us. With you next to us, we have the advantage. Right? I mean, they're thinking naturally, you know. And uh, he's trying to, you know, throughout this, uh, you know, book of John especially brings out, uh, you know, and we're going to see a, a little bit of this today, uh, that the Spirit of God, amen, is your advantage. Amen. So, you know, he's talking about going to send a helper. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like somebody who could use some help. <laughs> yeah. And some days you need a little more help than other days. Am I right? Amen. How many know we all need help? Amen. When we're trying to do it in our own flesh and our own strength, it doesn't bring much profit in that. When you stop and you think about that, just, just kind of what hits me when I think about no profit, it said it profits nothing. What it means is that you have no, nothing above anybody else on planet Earth. Even the world can go out there and work those muscles to where they can lift a lot of weight. Or they can learn this or learn that, naturally speaking, and go out and do whatever. And you as a human being, you can operate the same way, do this, do that, lift this, lift that, tote this, you know, learn this, whatever. And you, you have no more advantage on anybody than anybody else in the world. But when you tap the Spirit, now you have access to a realm of possibility that's endless. No more limits. Everything about this realm is limits. Everything about that realm is no limits. So he's trying to get you to tap the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, the Helper that he's sending to give you the advantage. Are you still with me? So let's talk a little bit about this Holy Spirit. Amen. John 14, back up just a little bit here. John 14. Verse 16 and 17, we'll read. We'll come back later on in the service here to read more of this. But verse 16, here he is talking again about the Spirit of God. I will pray the Father, 
and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you or remain with you or live or dwell within you, right? Hallelujah. For the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Why? Well, because the world doesn't see it, doesn't, doesn't understand it, doesn't see him nor knows him, but it says you'll know him for he dwells with you and will what be in you, right? So that's a good thing, right? Now let's, uh, you know, just for whatever, I just I, I kind of this thing, every, you know how it is, you kind of get to studying and doing things, and pretty soon it, every time you look at it, you want to flip it and change it and do all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm just going to have to go with what, ha- what hit me the, uh, the latest. How about that? Okay. And so uh, the word first and foremost out of Ezekiel, let's put that up, the word prophesied about the Spirit of God. Okay, so Ezekiel in 36 and uh, in verse uh, 26 and 27, it says, here's what he said. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, something pliable is what it means. All right. I will put my spirit, my spirit within you and cause you to walk. In my statutes or my ways, I will cause you to walk. doesn't mean he's forcing you, but he's empowering you is what that word cause. I'm empowering you. I'm making a way for you to be able to walk in my statutes. Amen. See, a lot of people, there's a lot of church folk trying to do the right thing. But they're trying to do the right thing in their own, in their own strength, and then they, they only, they're only able to go so far. So then here comes the condemnation and the guilt because you're not quite doing it the way you know you should do it. Come on, somebody. And here it comes. And Well, he's trying to help you. He's trying to empower you so you can walk in his ways, his statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. All right, my judgments. In other words, uh, it talks about, uh, in fact, let me, let me show you a verse here. I don't know if I gave you John 5. Did I give you John 5? Did I give you that verse? I don't know, but I'm going to read it. John, John 5 and verse, I believe it's verse 30. Let me read it. This is what Jesus said, okay? He said, I can of myself do nothing. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said this. Oh, you got up there. Okay. I can of myself do nothing. You think, what? I mean, Jesus said that. As I hear, I judge. Amen. And my judgment, in other words, my, it really is talking about I'm, I'm hearing what I need to hear so I can make proper judgment calls, proper decisions. Come on. So when he says that I put my spirit in them so they can they can do the things they're called to do and they're going to have and they're going to be able to walk out his judgments they're going to be able to say they're going to know what's right from wrong see when the spirit of god's at work in you you you're about ready to do something the spirit of god goes uh excuse me right has anybody been corrected by the spirit of god before you cross the line has anybody ever been corrected by the spirit of god after you cross the line i gotta i'm gonna have to pray for the liars in the house today has anybody ever crossed the line and realized after you crossed the line I shouldn't have done it? How'd you know you shouldn't have done it? Well, because somebody told me. Well, well, most cases he already had a witness on side, didn't you? Now he's like, oh gosh, what have I done? Right? Well, the idea is to get you the advantage so that when you're moving along and, and everything in your flesh wants to go one way, the Spirit of God's prompting you on the inside saying, don't go that way. You'll regret it. 
go this way, right? So that's what he's talking about. So Jesus said, hey, listen, everything that I, that I do and say, it's because I've heard. Amen. I'm hearing something. Amen. And my judgments and are right. My, my decision making is right because why? Because I'm not seeking my own will. I'm seeking the will of the Father. So I'm, I'm leaning in. I'm pressing in toward him. And the Spirit of God is leading him. Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Now, how many know Jesus was pretty successful in his ministry? Let's try that one more time. How, how many believe Jesus was pretty successful in his ministry? Yes. You bet he was. Amen. He knew where to be. He knew what to say. He knew who to minister to. He even knew who to have, uh, do not to minister to. There were times he'd go into one situation, minister to one person, walk back out. And then there were times he went in and the word said he ministered to them all. There were times he walked on the sea and times he didn't. Times he just, he went in the boat. Come on, he didn't always walk on the water. Right? Come on, that's right. I mean, so, so he, knew, he knew when to do, how about, you know what? He even, he and, he even raised a few folks from the, be, from the dead, right? I mean, we, we have one case where a funeral, there's a funeral procession. And he stopped him. Or said he just put his hand on the, on the box. Put his hand on it. And stopped the whole procession. And he ministered to that and raised that young man from the dead because he knew the whole situation. Well, how did he know the situation? How did he know to, to stop that funeral procession? How come he didn't stop the one the day before? But he knew to do that one. Well, how did he, how did he know to do what's right? Because he had the advantage. Well, how do we know what to do? We have the advantage. And if you use and, and utilize your advantage, guess what? It's beneficial for you. Are you hearing me today? Still with me? All right. So uh, praise God. Uh, Luke 24. Or, yeah, Luke 24. Put that up there. Well, in fact, I'll just go up here. It says this, behold. This is what, now Jesus, okay, talking about sending the promise. I send the promise of my Father. Now, of course, Luke 24 here is after he was resurrected. And before his ascension, right before he ascended. Now, I'm just laying a little groundwork, and then we're going to go back and go through a bunch of this, okay? Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Everybody say, upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed or empowered with the power from on high. With power from on high. How many can use a little more power from on high? All right, so he said to them, to the disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem and hang out until it comes. Now, how many know it's already come? So we don't have to go to Jerusalem now to get this. Right? Okay, now there's nothing wrong with going to Jerusalem. You know, go hang out and take a look and all that. It's all wonderful. But you don't have to go there now to get the Holy Ghost, to get the Helper, because the Helper's already come. Right? So I'm just telling you. Okay, put a, uh, if you will, let's see, I put uh, what are the verses I give you? Acts 1, is that right? So we're going to go to the book of Acts. Everybody go to the book of Acts. Are you doing good? Yes. Are you glad you came out tonight? Yes. Or today, I should say. Hallelujah. Now work with me. All right, work with me. Be good listeners. All right. All right, so verse chap, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Let's start here. And it says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, here we go. So he's repeating this. It's all being repeated. But to wait for the promise. Everybody say the promise. The promise. The promise of the Father. Which, he said, 
you have heard from me. In other words, how many times did he talk about the promise? I'm sending the promise. I'm sending the promise. All right, I'm sending the Spirit. Amen. For John truly baptized with water. Has anybody ever been water baptized? All right. The water baptism is still going? All right. He says, but truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized. So there's another baptism. The word baptized just means immersed. All right. So you shall be baptized or immersed with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the t know times and seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power. Now, I just like to say this real quick. Okay, maybe it's maybe, maybe a kind of my own little, not necessarily a pet peeve. That's, not, that's too strong to say it that way. But a lot of times everybody always wants to know about, you know, all about the someday or they want to know a lot about yesterday. And, you know, praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong with knowing how it all came about and knowing about where we're headed and what's all going to happen. Uh, but um, I'm just, you know, my thought is, you know, he's not the God who was or the God who will be. He's the God who is. And, 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 and my, and I just say, coming from me, okay, this is my, my, um, maybe just my heart, all right, or maybe what I feel God has, 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 has of me to do, and that is to empower people, amen, to know what to do today. Praise God for all the end times information that's out there. But I notice that they all still argue about it. That no matter how they all dive into it and look at it, everybody has their own opinion, their own thing, and they say this or that, and they take this verse that. And that's fine. That's wonderful. I have my own opinions about end times too. I do. But I always look at it. I, I'm not going to change it. Whether I'm right or wrong about it, it's irrelevant. And you're not going to change it, whether you're right or wrong about it. He's trying to tell them, listen, it ain't for you to know all that. He says, but you need to know this. You're going to have to have power to do what you're called to do right now. Because you're not going to wait. You know, come, Lord Jesus, come. Take me out of this. It ain't going to be someday in the sweet by. You need power now. You need to live this thing now. And if you're going to wait for, you know, 40, 50, 60, 80 years, you know, just living like everybody else lives, waiting for someday when you get to heaven, you're going to get to heaven and find out you had all kinds of other, all kinds of power, resources. You had the advantage the whole time. So, I, you know, my thought is, why not just grab what's for you today so you can live this thing right? Can I hear a big amen? amen? Amen. And I understand everybody's got a different view on that and opinion on it, and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Hallelujah. Mine's right. <laughs> All right. But you shall receive what? Power. When? Well, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Huh. You shall receive power. When? Now, if you, uh, one, some of the translations, actually, if you look it up, it even says after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And it says, and you shall, who's you? Well, the ones that the Spirit comes on. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, we could say, and you shall be a witness in Redmond, 
Prineville, Terrebonne, Crooked River Ranch, Sisters, Ben, Tumalo, Lapine. Anybody else from someplace I didn't mention? Powell Butte. That's right. That's where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, it's a good thing he went to Powell Butte. <laughs> Hallelujah. The point is, is he's saying, listen, you're going to be a witness in all parts of the world. Where you're at now and beyond, praise God. Well, what's a witness? Well, witness just means one providing evidence. So in other words, when the Spirit comes on you, all of a sudden, not only are you going to have the advantage, but you're going to provide evidence. Amen. Of what? Well, of who you serve, of what you stand for, what kingdom you're a part of, what family you're a part of. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you got power. Not only that makes a difference in you, will make a difference everywhere you go and with everybody you come in contact with. He never asked anybody to go out there and do any of this without him helping you. So he says, you got to go get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Go wait for the power. And believe me, you'll know when it comes. Amen. So, right? So chapter 2, right? Are you with me? Let's see how fast we can go through the book of Acts. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come... In other words, the Passover or uh, uh, the Feast of of Pentecost here. Uh, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. So now they're all waiting in Jerusalem. Now they're all, uh, according to this, there's, uh, what is there, 120 of them in the upper room. Now we're not talking about a lot of days because it was only, when you kind of look at the way the feasts work, where Jesus, when he was... uh, uh, you know, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and then the ascension. We're only talking about, you know, a handful of days, basically, after that, okay, that Pentecost manifests. So it ain't like they went there for months on end. It was just a few days. Now, we don't know for sure, um, you know, how many started there, but we do know the Scriptures are pretty clear that over 500, that's what the Scripture says, over 500 connected with Him after the resurrection. So we know that there were at least 500 plus who had seen the Lord after the resurrection. Still with me? So I don't know. You know, he's telling them all to go wait. So I don't know. Did it start off maybe being 500? I don't know. We don't know. Did it start off just being the 120? Maybe that's all they had room for. So everybody said, nope, too crowded. I don't know. We don't know. All we know is that by the time that he came, there was 120 in the upper room. Are you still with me? Now, verse 2, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. I like the suddenlies. Don't you like the suddenlies? Suddenly there came a sound. Everybody say a sound. A sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Just kind of blew in there. Everybody heard it. And then it said, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It says, then there appeared to them. So it appeared, something. they saw something. Not only did they hear something now, now they're seeing something. Okay? They're seeing something. And it says that they saw divided, what, what appeared to them as divided tongues as of fire that sat down upon each and every one of them. Now, a lot of times you see some of the old paintings, and it looked like you had a little flick your bick thing on the top of everybody's head. I don't believe that everybody had a little flick your bick thing on the top of their head. I don't believe that's what happened here. And they're talking about the glory of God. How do, you, how, how do you describe the glory of God? I don't know. Look like, look like tongues of fire going every direction, you know. 
I mean, so I don't know, but all I know is that the word says that when that sound hit, all of a sudden it has their attention, and next thing you know, everything the room fills up, and they see as tongues of fire going, and everybody getting touched by it. So they heard something, and they saw something. Am I right? It's a cool thing, right? You don't sound too enthused, but it's a pretty cool thing. And it says, and they were all, here we go, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they heard something, they saw something, and obviously they felt something. They're filled up here with the Holy Spirit, and it says they, they began to speak. Everybody say speak. That's a key word there. They spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. Amen. So we see now the Spirit of God coming. Now, of course, they all shoot out of the upper room, out into the streets. I mean, there's a move of God that begins to manifest. And everybody out there, I mean, they just went out. They don't know. They're just out there praying and, you know, speaking in, in tongues. And, and they're going out there. And there's people from all nations out there in the streets because of the time and everything that's going on because of the feast. And they go out there and everybody's hearing literally somebody speaking in their tongue. That's a pretty phenomenal thing. And we have us a, a, a message and, and 3,000 come to Christ. You know, that's quite a message. That's quite a service. Happened right out there in front of everybody. Well, verse, uh, let's go to verse 32. Let's skip on past some of this. This Jesus, this is Peter talking. He said, this Jesus God has raised up of which we are all, what, witnesses, right? Is that right? Okay. Verse 39. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, amen, and having received from the Father, here we go, the promise. So he knew what it was. He received what? The promise of the Holy Spirit. And it said, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So not only did they uh, hear it and see it, now they're out there and others are seeing and hearing it. Why are they hearing it? Because they're, they're speaking. How they see it? Well, they're obviously seeing something. Something's different with these guys. Right? Uh-huh. So something's going on here. All right. So verse, let's go down. Let's go to verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall then receive the gift. And by the way, it's a free gift of the Holy Spirit. So what was first? It's receiving Christ. Come on. And then they could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And the Word says He's called everybody. So this is for everybody. So somebody would say, well, you know, we're talking about the Spirit of God within. Well, uh, you know, it does come in. Remember what we said in John, he says it's not only going to come within, not only going to buy within, but it's going to come upon. Come on, somebody. So what they saw and heard wasn't just something that was just within. Something came upon them, and now they're endued with power. Come on, power from on high. 
that now has caused them to become different. Come on, somebody. As a witness, amen, one providing evidence, hallelujah, of a good God. Can I hear amen on that? Hallelujah. So they received Christ, and now and they got filled with the Spirit of God. They're encouraging everybody else to receive what Christ has done and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's promised to everybody. Amen. According to uh, Luke 11, the Word says that you, as an earthly father, would know enough how to give good gifts to your children. Am I right? Right? I mean, I mean, you know, you as a, you know, as a parent would want to, you know, bless your kid right and do the right thing. You're not going to buy some, some gift. You know, you're, you're going to take a little bit of thought to what you're going to give them and bless them because, because even of your best, you're trying to bless your kid. He says, even more so, your heavenly father knows enough to give, amen, a good gift, a great gift, a better gift. Come on. And it said he spoke that in concern or concerning the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he will give the Holy Ghost to all those who'd ask. Anybody want, you know what I mean? Come on, right? Who, who's been filled with the Holy Ghost? That's most of you. Come on. Okay, now, did you ask? I asked. Amen. I got filled. Amen. When I asked. Right? Amen. All I had to do is ask. All right, so, amen. Got to know that. All right. All right, let's go down here. Let's go to chapter, uh, chapter 8. Go to chapter 8. Are you still with me? Yes. Chapter 8. Let's go to verse uh, 5, it's just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on. This is Philip now, went, went down to the city of Samaria, okay? And he's preaching Christ. He's preaching the message of Christ, okay? Preaching a born-again experience, all right? Receiving Christ, right? Go down, jump down to verse 12 now. Now, when they had believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, now this is people in Samaria here, all right, and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, okay? So they were baptized. What, what kind of baptism do you think that was? Water baptism, right? Because they received it, right? Remember what water baptism is the sign of, of the death, burial, and resurrection. Water baptism has never saved anybody. Never saved anybody. All right? All it is is a, is a, is a symbol, symbolic thing that tells the world around you, amen, letting everybody know around you. That's why we do it in the public. Come on, somebody. We let everybody know around us what's already happened on the inside. A death, a burial, and a resurrection. Come on, somebody. That's happened in our life. Are you still with me? So they were all baptized, right? Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. Okay, there's a little story about him, but anyway, let's move on. And was amazed and seeing the miracles and signs which were done, praise God. Can I hear a big amen on that? All right, let's lead on a little bit more. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them, what? That they might receive, what? The Holy Spirit, all right? They've already been born again. They've already received Christ. But now he's talking about for them to receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, amen, and they received, what? The Holy Spirit was another experience here. Are you still with me? Still with me? Yes. Come on now, chapter 10. Let's look at something here. Chapter 10, verse 44, please. Hallelujah. I've done pretty good kind of staying behind the pulpit, haven't I, today? 
Yeah. All right. Not moving around too much. All right. Verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Okay. Where is he at? He's right now at Cornelius' house. Amen. Who actually was a, a Gentile. Come on. And so he ministers to them. Amen. Due to the whole story, it kind of lays out here. We just don't have time to go through it all. So he goes and he ministers and they receive what he has to say. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost, here it is, right? The Holy Spirit, right? Fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. In other words, all the Jews were like, whoa, he's even moving on the Gentiles, man. And they were astonished, and as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. That's good news, praise God. For they heard them all speak with tongues and magnify God. Now, how do you know somebody's speaking? This isn't real deep. Huh? You hear them. Now, so if somebody, if I, if I said, you know, we're to you know, speak something, well, how are you going to know then? I mean, is it being that you sit back and think about it? No, you're supposed to say something, right? So when you're talking about speaking, I mean, something's got to come out of your mouth. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So uh, they spoke with tongues and magnified God. And Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? In other words, they got water baptized even after they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Say, what? Now, now you're messing with my head. The point is they already got received Christ. Amen. And they got the Holy Ghost right away. Come on, somebody. And they says, you know what? Let's make it right. Let's go out and get water baptized too. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? Whoo. Hallelujah. Chapter 19. Boy, we're getting through it. Come on. Chapter 19. Let's go to verse uh, 1. It says, Then it happened while Paul was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through uh, the upper regions, uh, came to Ephesus, right, and finding some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now remember, he's, he came to some disciples, people who have believed. Well, what did they believe? Jesus, right? They became a disciple of Christ. How? By receiving Him, right? So they obviously already know about Christ, right? But now He's asking, did you receive the Holy Spirit? So they said to Him, we haven't so much as even heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. He said, well, it's, it's your blessed day. Praise the Lord. It's a good thing I came around. Amen. Hallelujah. And He said to them, in what then were you baptized? And they said, well, into John's baptism, which refers to a water baptism, right? Then, John, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him uh, who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Then they heard this. They were then what baptized, what, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, uh-oh, something else happened. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The point we're trying to make here is there's two different, two different things that are going on here. You receive Christ, and there's a lot of people who say, well, the Holy Spirit, you know, I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Yes, you did. You got the Spirit of God on the inside. We're not arguing with that. We want it more than just on the inside. I want to be immersed where it comes up on me. 
so I can be a difference maker everywhere I go. Be empowered. Be endued with power. Are you still with me? All right. Now, uh, let's see. We read down to verse 6. This is what happened to Paul. I think I might have put, that put Acts 9. I can maybe have real quick maybe look at that. Acts 9. This is what happened to Paul. Remember, Paul had a, a road to Damascus experience, right? And he, he receives Christ, all right? And verse, uh, I think I put verse 17. I'm kind of coming in the middle of it. Now, he had to go to Ananias' place. It says, Ananias went his way and entered the house. Uh, and it says, and laid his hands on, on, on Paul, or Saul, okay, but now later changed to Paul. Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus. Now, you notice he called him brother. So he's already received Christ. And remember, there's a whole experience that happened here. Sometime go back and read through it, see what all happened there. And it says, uh, who appeared to you on the road as you came, uh, he has sent me that you may receive your sight, because remember the scales on his eyes, and be, here we go, filled with the Holy Spirit. Whew. And immediately it fell on, and his, the things on his eyes fell off, and the word says he, was, uh, he received, and then later was, water, or was baptized. Praise God. Okay, now the point being, Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost. All right? In fact, he says in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, I pray that, you're all, uh, that you all speak with tongues. Later on in the chapter, he said this, I, 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 I'm grateful that I, I speak in tongues more than y'all. Now, there's, there's an order, and that chapter 14 brings some order about, about tongues. But I found out something, uh, you know, back then, they were just, just, all, they were just all so gung-ho and everything going all ballistic, and they had to kind of bring some order and, and say, you know, let's do it this way and not this way, blah, 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 blah. But I found that's not our problem. That's not our problem. I can't even get the people filled with the Holy Ghost to pray in the Holy Ghost. That's our problem. That's the problem of the church today. It's not that, that we all out of, we're all so gung-ho and woo! Today it's like, let's pray. Oh, has it come to that? <laughs> right? We can't get people to pray. All right? So what I did, uh, I'm going to close out the rest of this today, talking about just some, some reasons why we pray in the Spirit. All right? And it's, it's called multiple things. We've, as we've already read, several different things. Tongues. Uh, it's also called the tongue of angels. It's called a heavenly language. It's called a prayer language. It's called uh, speaking mysteries. It's part of that. So all of this is involved praying about, talking about praying in tongues. And we're not ashamed that we pray in tongues. Now, a big part of the church gets ashamed of that. Or a big part of the church don't want nothing to do with that. Well, it's weird. Well, it's, it's weird to a normal person, but a person in God it shouldn't be weird to. That's the advantage. So there's an advantage to it. Well, the first thing, uh, let's look at this, and, and uh, we'll try to work with this as quick as we can. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, let's do Acts 2 and 4. We, we already read this, but let's read it again. Acts 2 and 4 says this, and we were all filled. Amen. It says, uh, Acts 2, please. Acts 2, verse 4. There we go. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, all right? So they began to speak. So the first thing about the, whole, about the Holy Ghost is first and foremost, just to let you know, praise God, that it's the initial sign. If you, if you want to know how you feel with the Holy Ghost, let me ask you, do you pray in tongues? Well, I don't believe in that. Well, then I, then I question about whether you feel the Holy Ghost or been at least baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on. 
I'm not, I didn't make this up. Come on now. You might, have, you might have the Spirit of God on the inside, but we need to get him on the outside. Get some work. Get some things happening. Come on now. Right? So it's, it's the initial sign. Uh, what I'm going to do, let's see. Let's go to uh, John. Put John 7. Yeah, John 7, verse 37. And we're going to read this. It's on the last day, the great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. That sounds like a good thing. Verse 38. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, come on, we've read some of these, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning what? The spirit whom those believing in him would receive. They hadn't yet, but they would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Yet it wasn't the resurrection yet. There had, he hadn't been ascended yet. He hadn't spent, sent the promise yet. Amen. But one day, this is how it's going to work. How's it going to work? Well, from your belly, from inside, coming up and out like living waters. Come on. That's what we got to get. Why? Because it's your advantage. All right, let's look at another. Let's put, uh, let's see, I don't know what I got up there next. Uh, 1 Corinthians, I already quote that. Let's go to Mark 16. Put that one up, Kelly. Mark 16, verse 17. All right. He said that these signs will follow those who believe, right? Remember, this is right before he ascended. He said, these signs are going to follow those who believe. Any believers in the house? Yeah. Now, I know I'm going fast. But you can go back and listen to it in slow-mo if you want to. But the idea is, amen, the Holy Ghost is there for us to have. All right? And so he says here, these signs are going to follow those who believe. In my name, they're going to cast out demons. Sounds good. And what else are they going to do? Speak with new tongues. Why? Because you believe in him. Any believers in the house today? Yes. So there's nothing wrong with speaking with new tongues. Are you still with me? That's a part of it. That's a part of it. That's not all of it, but it's part of it. Right? Come on. So the first thing is it's an initial sign. We're going to speak with tongues. Your mouth's going to be engaged. Something's going to come out your mouth. That's going to be different than you're used to. Some of you are kind of like looking the other way when I look at you. All right. Now, John 14. Put this up. Let's look at another. John 14, 16, and 17. We read this, but we're going to read it again. All right. <clears throat> put it up there real quick. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Why? Well, that he may abide with you forever, right? Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because why? Why don't they receive it? Well, it's foreign. They don't, they don't, they don't understand it. They don't see him. They don't, why, 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 I don't even see it. What are you talking about? What, this unseen thing. What's this unseen thing? Well, it takes a believer to grab hold of this. I said it takes a believer. So he asks, is there any believers in the house today? Well, the man, you see, this is for you, right? But you know him. Why? Because he dwells in you and will be in you. So what's the next one? Not only is it for the initial sign, but it's just the awareness of the Spirit of God's within you. And these are some things. I just thought I'd throw these up because these are just some things that begins to happen when you begin to pray in the Spirit. Okay, let's uh, John uh, uh, 14. Let's go to that later on in the chapter here. What, at verse 26, that's a good one. But the Spirit, or pardon me, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what's he going to do? Well, he'll teach you things. He says he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Well, that sounds like a good thing. You know, that's why he says, you know, you're not, you don't have to fear in that hour what to say because the Spirit of God is going to bring it up. 
Well, why, why would he do that? Because you have the advantage. The idea is to have the advantage. Why? Because he's taught you things. He's showing you things. He's bringing things to your remembrance. Put uh, chapter 16 and 13. That's a good one. There we go. However, when the, he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and will, here we go, he will tell you things to come. So not only will he bring things to your remembrance, he'll start telling you things to come. There's just, it's amazing how the, what, what, what is all this? It's the advantage. I mean, you're sitting here now and you got to pray, you got to, you know, you're helping somebody and the Spirit of God brings a verse to remind, remind you about this and there you are, you're, man, you're on it. You're, you're sharing your heart with this person and you're, what are you being a witness? You're being a difference maker. Why? Because the Spirit of God's helping you. And then it shows you things to come. That's where the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate. Shows you this, shows you that. And man, all of a sudden you got their attention. Somebody says, oh, God's so boring. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. There ain't nothing boring about the Holy Ghost. So in other words, there's not only an initial sign about speaking in tongues, but also there's the awareness of the Spirit of God flowing and working in us. Now I want to verse, uh, let's go now to verse, uh, let's go 1 Corinthians 14. Let's do that one. Verse 4. There's another reason for, for tongues. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies, of course, in the context he's talking about the difference. But he who prophesies then edifies the church. So somebody's prophesying in front of the church, edifying the church. But he who speaks with tongue, in a tongue, right, edifies himself, right? Put Jude 20, verse 20 up there. It says this. It says, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. How you do that? Praying in the Holy Spirit. So this building up, building up, what does that, what does that do? Well, it's edifice is the word to build up, to charge up, praise God. So every time you pray in the Spirit of God, not only are you, not only is God, you know, empowering you to see things and know things and, and, and guiding you and directing you, but he, he, he begins to charge you up. Some people say, ah, ah, what's wrong? Ah, just life. And you need the Holy Ghost. Ah, well, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, you need to pray then. Oh, I ain't got time. No, you, you need to pray. Why? Because, you know, you, you need to be charged up. You ever, you ever hooked up a battery to a dead, or a battery charged to a bed, dead, dead battery? Yep. Anybody? Yep. Within a motorcycle. Me, 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 me. That's a lot of Christians right there. Me, 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 me. You think, what's the problem? Let me get you charged up. Well, what do you do? Holy Ghost. Hey, we're fired up, praise God, ready to rock and roll, amen? You get prayed up, stay prayed up, praise God. All of a sudden, you got power. Let's go. Hey, oh, move them out. Right. No more of this. So if you're a rah, 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 we need to get you charged up. Come on, all right. Listen, that's what it's about. Why? Why do we need this? Because it's the advantage. Yeah, the enemy, that's why, that is why the enemy fights it so much. 
It's just wars against it, just constantly fight because once you get it figured out, he's done for. Woo! That's why he said it's to your advantage that I go. Because what was working in me now can be working in you. Okay, let's look at another one real quick. Romans 8, right? You can't, read, you can't, you can't, you can't preach a message without going to Romans 8, right? Romans 8. Huh? Let's go to verse, uh, let's see here. Uh, of course, he's talking about being led by the Spirit of God earlier in the chapter. But he goes down here to verse 26. Okay, let's just, just kind of dive into the Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Now, the word weakness here just means frailty, uh, feebleness, but it's referring to an inability. If you look at it, it means an inability to produce a result. Okay, so no matter what it is, it could be just, I just don't know what to do. How do I do this? What about this? How about this? How come this? All that kind of stuff begins to hit you. So the Spirit's there to help you in the midst of that, right? Now, it says, for we do not know. We do not know. It doesn't say we don't know how, but it says we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. As believers, we know how to pray, but you might come across some things you don't know what to pray. Everybody ever been there? You're going around, you're lifting, you're praying about something in your life, and you're like, man, what a... Man, what's going on? What's happening? Or you're praying for somebody, and you're thinking, man, I, I know they need God more of God, but I'm thinking, what is it? They, what's God? What do they need? And boy, that's when you click into the Holy Ghost. Well, why? It says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but, hey, the Spirit does. The Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that, way, that way we know for a fact he's talking about tongues because he's talking about uttered in articulate speech. It means, in other words, it ain't something in a known tongue. So we begin to groan in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, praise God, and then we start, we start kicking into gear, praying in the Spirit. What happens? Well, something begins to happen. It says, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Why? Because He makes intercession, not only for you, but for all the saints, come on, according to the will of God. So when you begin to pray in the Spirit for somebody or for yourself, you know one thing is happening is the will of God's being prayed. You may not know what to pray, but the Spirit of God knows. Now get this, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now, the word love there is, of course, is that we found out last week, agapeo, which means being committed. Amen. Committed to this thing. But isn't it amazing? It talks about all things working together for good after we pray. I'm just saying, you know, all things are working together for good, yes, but in context... It's happening because we're praying in the Spirit. And I know the Spirit of God's going ahead here, dealing with this and changing this and turning this and taking care of this. Amen. We're praying the will of God. Amen. So tongues is about praying the will of God or for the unknown. All right? Real, the last one I want to talk about is just, just to have power. I pray in the Holy Ghost, not just so I can say there I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray in the Holy Ghost because I want power. Right? So let's look at a couple of them key verses. We touched on a couple of them, but Luke 24 and 49. 
He says, I'll send the promise of the Spirit upon you, right? What will happen, right? He says, you're going to be endued with power. Amen. You're going to be clothed with power from on high. Can anybody use a little more power from on high? All three of you. Let's try that one more time. Anybody use a little more power from on high? When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, that's what you get. Acts 1 again says this, that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Praise God. So we see that there's power. Amen. When you have the Holy Ghost going, there's power. Everybody say power. As we read out of Romans 8, that he's going to help you in your, your weakness or your inabilities, praise God. Why? Because there's power. Now, here's another one. John 14, verse 12. Why do I need power? Well, he said, I say to you, he who believes in me. Anybody in here believe in him? He said, the works that I do, he will do also. What? Say, what? I mean, he did a lot of things. Well, the works that I do, you're going to do also. And greater works than these, he will do. Why? Because I go to my Father. And in context, what he's talking about, I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to send you the Helper. And you're going to be able to do these things. The works that I'm doing, you're going to be able to do. But he's not asking you to do it in your strength. He's not asking you to do it in your own abilities. It's not by my might or my, my power, but it's by his Spirit. So I begin to pray in the Spirit of God, I get empowered, I get endued with power from on high, and all of a sudden life begins to change. All of a sudden, praise God, all that mess begins to shift and change around me, praise God. I feel more like able to go for it, praise God, and get her done. Somebody says, well, how come you always always got, because I pray in the Holy Ghost. Every morning of my life, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody goes, you're one of those. Yes! Yes! Yes, I spend most of my prayer time praying in the Holy Ghost. There's a few things that he'll give me, and I'll, I'll you know, pray this out, pray that out. Might be a few things, make my declarations of faith, and I'll spend the rest of the time just praying in the Holy Ghost. If he gives me a leading, I'll pray it. If he tells me to do something, I'll do it. If he tells me to keep on going, I'll keep on going. Praise God. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, why? I want to be in due with power. We have enough sissy Christians. Come on, I want to be a dude. I want to have power. I want to be able to say, hey, devil, back off. Somebody says, I can't believe I came to this church. I'm glad you came, praise the Lord. Now I think about this verse, one one of them we started with. It is in John 6, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits you nothing, and all the words I speak are, are of spirit, see? Now, I think about that, and I'm thinking, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about, amen, just, you bring life. When you, when you got the spirit of God, you're in due with power. You're bringing life into a situation. You think about in, in like, for instance, uh, 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 Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit. That which comes out of the spirit, love and joy and peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How do we do all that? How about praying in the Holy Ghost? All of a sudden, it's a lot easier to walk in love. Why? Because now you're in due to the power because we all need power to walk in love. Because some people I don't want to walk in love with. Right? Oh, whew. Where'd that come from? <laughs> you got to pray in the Holy Ghost, man. I got a meeting coming up. Better pray in the Holy Ghost. <sighs> joy, I need joy, I need joy, I need joy. Oh, God, I need joy. 
I got the joy, joy. You know, I need joy. Amen. What are you, what are you praying the Holy Ghost? All of a sudden, you're empowered. It's like, whew, joy's not so hard now. Long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yes. How do you do that? Praying the Holy Ghost. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And all of a sudden, you get to do it, and then all of a sudden, it comes. So we all need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, I know, you know, a lot of you, maybe, maybe there's some in here today that maybe have never received Christ. I don't know, maybe. Um, does everybody here know the Lord? Is there anybody here that doesn't know the Lord that would like to? He combs the audience. Amen. So I'm assuming everybody here knows the Lord. Well, then, is there, how many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? Got a big part. How many would like to be filled with the Holy Ghost? I am going to have to preach this again. Amen. Does everybody raise their hand? So everybody know it has the Holy Ghost? I'm sorry, did I miss somebody? Right here, right here, praise the Lord. Anybody else want the Holy Ghost? Praise the Lord. We have somebody over here, praise the Lord. Would you mind if we pray for you? Who, who raised her hand? She's going, no, I don't know. Now listen, listen, I don't, I know, listen I, I'm cool with this. Because we can go with minister to her later. You okay with that, if we do that? Would you okay with pray for you later? Now, I'm not ashamed of being doing it in front, and I know she isn't either, but I, I, I'm okay with it. I just want to get a feel. Oh, okay. Is anybody else? Anybody else? Since I, yeah, it made you all nervous. I don't mean to make nobody nervous, but you know, if once you get the Holy Ghost on you, you ain't going to be nervous no more. I'm just saying. Freedom. Amen. Now, praise the Lord. I want you all to stand up. Amen. And I'm hoping uh, uh, I'm going to, if there's anybody else, you can connect with us later. We're going to get you filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. We'll all go to the prayer room. That's what we'll do. We'll go to the prayer room. When else, when else, when else fails, go to the prayer room. Hallelujah. Now, I do believe this. Somebody said, well, geez, why'd you preach that? Nobody received. Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's not just for people to receive. It's also for those who have received to remember. This is what we do. We don't get filled with the Holy Ghost so we can say now, well, I go to that church. It ain't just so you can go say, I go to a Holy Ghost church. Amen. Now, hopefully, if you go to a Holy Ghost church, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. But the idea is not to get filled with the Holy Ghost so you can go say, I go to that church or I'm a part of that group. It comes down to this. It's your advantage. Amen. You start dealing with kids and how, how do I do? What do I do? Uh, and everything in you, in you wants to do what your daddy did. And then you have to repent later. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God says, there's a different way. Let me show you what to do here. And he's going to tell you what to do with this one. And when you get over to here, he's going to say, no, I, I have a different way to reach this one. I remember even witnessing, amen, each person's different. You're ministering to somebody, the Spirit of God will show you how to minister to this person, how to minister to this person. My gate won't work, what do I do? 
Spirit of God all of a sudden gave me a picture. Showed me exactly what to do. Went out and fixed it. Had a situation the other day. Was praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't know how to fix this thing. What do I do with it? This darn thing. And, I, you know, you just want to throw it in the garbage. And I thought, no, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. So I prayed in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God showed me this is how you fix it. And I'm thinking, oh, you mean the Holy Ghost knows how to fix things? Isn't that amazing? Now, see, we would think that, well, that stuff is so irrelevant when it comes. God doesn't waste time with any of that stuff. No, 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 no. He knows all. And he's trying to get you the advantage so you know what to do in this situation. To help you, empower you, show you things, bring things to your attention. Amen. Show you things to come. Bring things to your remembrance. Begin to reveal this, empower you so you can go do this and go do that. Praise God. Why? Because it's your advantage. All right. All right. Lift your hands. Father, we give praise and glory today. We're thankful for the Holy Ghost. Thankful for the Spirit of God. Father, forgive us for the times maybe we didn't pray like we should have. Maybe we got too busy. Maybe we just everything else just overwhelmed us, whatever it may be. Forgive us for the times we didn't put you first in those situations. So, Father, we choose to use our advantage, to lean on the Spirit of God, hallelujah, to lead us, guide us, direct us, show us things, reveal things. And, Father, we give praise. Not only for a born-again experience and having the Spirit of God on the inside, but to have the Spirit of God upon us, praise God. Hallelujah. We can go around and be the witness we're called to be, to be the difference maker. Hallelujah. Everywhere we go. Hallelujah. To be endued with power. Hallelujah. Like your word says, for that we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.